Watch Podcast, episode 245, Charlotte's number one podcast recorded in a basement, doing a little Saturday morning edition, but you won't be listening to it till probably Tuesday night or Wednesday because, you know, this is how scheduling goes, but yes, it's me, j Nation, find me on Twitter and Instagram at j Nation, the Beers Watch Podcast on Facebook, and then find our podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and of course our YouTube with all of our brewer reviews. Our burial cart shenanigans, they see me rolling. Our reaction videos, we will do the draft day reaction video. If the Hornets make the playoffs, we'll do some some draft or watch party reaction videos of all that kind of good stuff. So subscribe to that, subscribe to everything, and then if you're really feeling wild, go buy some swag. Or if you just want to send us something, we can make it because Jerry has got a new little t-shirt thing over here, that cricket. So whatever it is. But let's get into who's joining us. Let's see, Jeeves. You were, Duvall was last, so we go. We'll jump to Duvall <laughs> next. But, geez, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, doing good. Uh, just got another work week down. Got another one coming, but that's how life is. Uh, if you want to find me, it's uh, Jeeves1988 all across the board, Twitter and Instagram. All right, and then Duvall. Like I said, we got 11 a.m. record here on a Saturday, just because of how work and everything works out and schedules. But the Zoom helps it out. Got your workout in, interrupted your nap after your 5 a.m. workout. How you doing? Man, I'm pretty good, man. Thank you again for having me, man. You got you got me all messed up. I had to still make a drink, man, because I think <laughs> day drinking is a thing when you post 25, 30 years old. Absolutely. So nothing wrong with that. But, uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good, man. Happy Saturday to you guys. Uh, if you're looking for me, it's Rod vs. Duval on Twitter, just Duval on Instagram. All right, perfect. Yeah, and I would be joining you on the drinking front, but I got to work later, so I just got me a little sparkling water. I don't want anybody to get any mixed ideas if I show up at work with a little bit of something on my breath, so we'll keep it easy at that. For our guest, it's one of my old fraternity brothers. Uh, he's from the Concourse, Charlotte area, but obviously I met him at UNCG. He's now back up in Greensboro working and living up there. Clarence Raspberry, we call him Raspberry because with a last name like that, you just got to be called by your last name. Clarence Raspberry, how you doing? doing all right just uh off for the day just enjoying my day off relaxing really nice well i appreciate you uh you know fitness in here i know you you got a you got an odd work schedule we'll get into that a little bit but uh so what you been up to then uh, honestly nothing really just <laughs> relaxing occasionally catching up with sports with friends uh going out to places I haven't really been out anywhere lately but just Catching up really right now. Nice. So what is it? You work a Sunday to Thursday, like 3 to 11, 3 to midnight shift. What are you up to? What's paying the bills these days? Uh, basically working, doing that, um, doing tech support. Okay. Basically helping people with issues with computers, internet connection, things like that. Okay. Now, I know for a little bit, weren't you working at like a GameStop? Yeah, no, I used to work there. I was like an assistant manager, shift manager. What was the wildest thing? you ever seen at the GameStop? Uh, once I had someone try to come in and trade in an Xbox One gaming system. Okay. Uh, everything looked fine at first, but I heard something weird, 
and I ended up like opening up the uh, hard drive partition, and there were roaches in it. Oh! I tried to discreetly give it back to them, <laughs> so like, but they got mad that I wasn't taking a trade, and then they like tried to start selling it in the store, but I didn't want to just yell out, "Hey, that has roaches in it." <laughs> it had roaches in it were they trying to pull a fast one on you or no just the house is dirty the house is dirty so there's people that don't realize that if you like smoke anything near your game system that fan intakes especially like a ps4 ps5 it'll like pull it in whatever you smoke around it will just pull it in yeah so there's a lot of ps4s i get in where i just open up the top and you can just see the dust and the dirt that it accumulated yeah smoke around it and then you also have the fact that, like, if you have your house dirty, roaches like damp, cold, dark places. So, and Xbox Ones are pretty spacious. Yeah. So they will just get up in it. Same <laughs> thing with 360s. That was another one where you had to worry. And Wii's. Yeah. And Wii's. Worry that it, it's just dangerous. If they've been sitting somewhere, maybe in a back corner or whatever, or a dirty house. Is, yeah. Okay, that's... I never, I didn't know. Yeah, if they were pulling a fast one, but they were just, just dirty, and they were trying to get some money off of it. And okay, yeah, they that, probably just stopped working, and they didn't know why. And yeah, because there were bugs in your system. <laughs> Literally, Literally, like you yeah, to fix the bugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, did you ever have to man any of those like game release uh, drops yeah. and stuff? How were those? And what was the earliest someone ever showed up for a game release? Um. NBA 2K is always the biggest one in Greensboro area. Okay. Like, our store would normally top out in the district or in the state for sales on it. Uh, one year, we had uh, Dan Rue just randomly show up, and he was dancing around. Okay. And uh, there was, um, we, we had, like, I can't remember the G League mascot come out one time. Was but it the, the, the Hornets season. one? Yeah, I think I think they're just the are they the swarm? So whatever they're yeah. I don't even know. Is it like yeah. a bootleg yeah, Hugo? I went uh, about two seasons ago, saw one of their games. The Perkins was still playing there. <laughs> yeah, so I got to see Kendrick Perkins play. I got to shake his hand. Nice, cool. nice. Yeah, that's a small little field house they're playing in too. So you you feel like you're you be right there on the court. Yeah, I got one of the t-shirts in my closet. Got, I caught it like when they were doing the t-shirt launches. <laughs> nice. Okay, so did did fights ever break out in those lines, or was it usually pretty civil and people were, you know, cooling? No one really fought. It was more so, like, if it was a fighting game, people would, like, talk trash to each other, but it'd be about playing the game against each other later, and they'd be giving each other, like, their place, or even Xbox games and stuff. <laughs> you know, one year, we actually got to have, like, a game system out for fight. I can't remember what fighting game it was for, but we... Let people actually just like play games and stuff like that. We did it for Madden too. Um, we once let people have like a Madden tournament. Yeah. We did a, a tournament with the other with the other uh, game stops around, but people never really fought. Yeah. It was never that serious about anything. It was yeah. Just, we were just talking trash. Trash. Okay. All right. Nice. I did. I, I, that's just those interesting stories of working at a store like that. That you could get shenanigans or, you know, the Roach story is wild. I mean, that... that yeah, no, it's a yeah. regular thing, though. Like, people wouldn't realize it. It's, like, some people would smoke too much near their PlayStations or Xboxes, and they bring it in and be like, it doesn't work anymore. I'm like, you busted the fan. Yeah. <laughs> you're smoking right on top of it. You're just yeah. sitting in your room smoking and playing 
the game, and now the fan is messed up. Yeah. So, well, Duvall, got anything for the GameStop before we move on? Um, as, as someone that loves 2K, and I used to love Madden, um, I remember, at least in college, just that I went, like we would do it like at like 12 a.m. or midnight release. Um, I guess, like, and I know you don't work there anymore. Uh, one, did you get some stock in GameStop? That's what I was going to ask. Oh, you did? You know, that was my question. Like, uh, did you come up on it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I guess, like, what do you think the next step is for, and I know you don't work there anymore, but just the game industry. Like, because, of course, they got – PS5 and all that stuff that you can be digital now. So, like, what do you think is going to be the way GameStop is going to carve out a way to where you can still come in and still get games? I think they were already starting to do it in some areas where they were trying to make, like, a casual vibe environment where you could just chill and talk about games and buy stuff. Kind of, I think, I don't know if they were going for, like, an Apple Store-type vibe or something like that to work. Going to have, like, digital displays for the game. So, like, when new releases come out, you can just have the, where they can just look and see stock. That'd be interesting. It'd also make it so they wouldn't have to gut game cases. Because, like, the average person doesn't care, but collectors care a lot. They'll, they'll complain to you. Like, personally, they will. Because you have to, like, every, you have to have, like, a display copy out for people to look at it, to look at the case and see if they like the game when they read it. Some people, when you sell all your copies, you just have to display one up. And they don't want to buy the one that's not in that wrapper or that cellophane is I guess uh, one you have the joy of unwrapping it yourself and then two you have the fact that um like you can't resell it really the value is lost if it was like a collector's item and three you can like check out games if you're an employee there as long as you don't destroy or damage the game but typically it's for games you have multiple copies yeah there is a chance when you get down to that last copy of that game that someone could have checked an employee could have checked it out played it for a day or two and brought it back but typically none of them damage or even, like, put marks on the game because they know they have to pay for the game outright. So what was – you said the roaches, but what was maybe the most expensive trade-in you saw while you were there, or was there not one? I once saw a dude uh, trade in, like, basically his entire lot of, like, PS3 and 360 games when the uh, – PS4 Pro came out. Yeah. So all his um, PS3 games, his 360 games, his systems on both of those, basically everything he had, like it was over like five hundred some dollars. Because back when the Pro, they were doing like a trade-in bonus launch thing towards it. Yeah. Got a lot of store credit. Wow. Okay. Like, the I... Biggest purchase ever sold was when working towards R Us. Okay. And okay. that was when a dude bought like over. $1,500 worth of stuff in one transaction, all cash. Whoa. Damn. Because he did, like, real estate and some other stuff like that in the Concord area. But he was there, like, for Christmas, and he shows up with his spouse, and they're talking to me for a bit. And then they just start putting these, like, Nintendo Switches and all this other stuff on in front of me, and I'm like, okay. And it's just, like, two or three of those, like, a PS4. It was, like, a bunch of stuff, like, like tons of toys, and by the time I got them bringing them up, it was like about fifteen hundred dollars. Shoo! Well, he just throws it out there at cash. Yeah, I was just like, and like my manager walked over and he was like, "I'm sorry to do this, but I have to test every single one of these things." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. And it was like ridiculous. People in line were just like looking, like, "Wow!" I just like, yeah. Just not, though I did see working in a mall, people walking around with ridiculous bankrolls with cash. Yeah. Like people just taking out like a stack of 50s, 
just flipping through them. Yeah. And buying, like, games. Like, they'll just come into the mall, and you'll just be sitting there. But the funniest thing, though, is when they'll do that, and then their kid will ask for, like, a 20 or $30 game, and they'll be like, you know, we don't have enough of that. And I'm like, <laughs> I just saw you. You get out a bankroll of over $400 in cash. Yeah. Pay $60 for this game, and you can't buy this $20 game. <laughs> It's funny you brought that up because I remember when I worked at the mall, there was a guy one time, he came in and we were like a sports paraphernalia stuff and he was going to buy a jersey or two or something and all of a sudden he reached in his pocket and he was like, oh shit, my, my, my cash is gone. And he like walked out and he came back a little bit later, but he said basically when he got out of his car, his bankroll had fell out, but it was sitting there next to his like car tire flapping in the wind and no one had picked it up no one had done nothing he got lucky and it was you know it was a pretty big sack i don't know how much it was but it was you know it wasn't just like two twenty dollar bills or whatever it was pretty you know a, a nice wad there and he was just like man i'm so lucky that that happened that no one saw it. i'm thinking and i think it was a busy mall saturday or something like that and no one saw it and just you know a quick run by grab and go i mean it's all cash there's nothing you can really do once the cash is gone so yeah it is it is funny people still carry some of those wads of cash around because, you know, you know, Raspberry and Duval brought up, what do you think the next step is? I don't know. I know you guys might have, I think there's one up there in Greensboro called, like, Lost Ark. But there's one down here called Video Game World. And they've spread out. They've got some Concord locations now, Raspberry. I don't know the last time you've been down this way. But that's when Duval and I have gone a lot where, you know, I picked up games on 360 that I didn't get to play years ago, like Red Dead that I played. And then, like, you can go get Super Nintendos and PS1s and all that kind of stuff. So, but they also have added a, you speak of chill vibes, a side spot where you can get ice cream and they have a whole bunch of old pinball machines. So then you can come there. It's like a double, double-edged double sword. So I think there is a market. I don't know how GameStop, they seem so corporate with it, but, you know, everyone still has that. All of us who grew up on the old games have that have some money in our pockets now and want to experience stuff we may not have been able to afford or our parents couldn't afford when we were younger or something, so... But yeah, no, it's definitely it's been it's been cool to see that. But so you're at GameStop Raspberry. Now, what got you into the corporate IT world? Uh, basically, uh, my former assistant manager left and went to the same company. So oh, okay. I followed him a year later. Uh, pay was better and more stable. Actual like better health benefits. Um, so I went there. It's been pretty good. Um, and then uh, it's kind of kind of boring. Um, yeah. It was, it's like it was like there was upper mobility, but it wasn't the type of upper mobility I really liked. Uh, it wasn't bad, but there's just things about it I didn't like. I mean, a lot of other members of management and like higher staff in, this, in the Greensbury did other things as well. Yeah, well, not all of them. Some moved, some chose other things. But it, it gets it kind of just got boring to me, just like selling the same games to people, having the same conversations. Like, yeah, regulars, yeah, people you became friends with and added on like game systems and whatnot. Yeah. But after a while, it was just, it yeah. was enough of it. But the free <laughs> games were nice, though. Yeah. Free games and discounts on games were the main reason I stuck around. So, do you like this new gig more than the uh, GameStop gig? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's not, it's not, it's it's not fun, but it's uh, it's all right. Yeah. I don't have any awful days, or I don't have to worry about people, like, yelling at me directly. That's the main thing is getting away. Like, people can be angry at you, like, online or digital or things like that. But you don't have to worry about them, like, being physically angry with you or aggressive. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's one of the that's one of the biggest things with like buying stuff from people is like re- the people's reactions. You never know how they're gonna react and tell them how much they're gonna get for their stuff. So wait, what was like the, ho- the we've all seen the joke on the internet about GameStop being like, all right, here's my no whole system. You talked about it earlier, you know, got a whole system, got five hundred bucks back, but they'd be like. Here's two seventy four in you know GameStop credit. What kind of is now that you don't work there anymore? What is y'all's like system on that? Is it all digital where you just scan it and it tells you? So okay. basically, it's a digital database that updates on a twenty four to forty eight hour period. Typically, doesn't update unless like the value of games change. Okay. So I think it's somewhat based around like they never really they never really tell you what the algorithm is, but the way it seems, it's based somewhat around like. What other people are reselling their games for, how popular the game is, and how fast it sells when it arrives in the store, and then it's about them making a profit while in, while at the same time enhancing the membership. Because if you have the membership, you get more trade credit. If you have yeah. the pro, so of course you want to try to push them to get the pro and trade this stuff. Because in future trades, they'll get even more. That's the promise: is that you get the card. And you'll benefit more, but then you have to look at the fact that how often you actually come to GameStop. Like, yeah. The trade value is all based on how often do people buy this stuff. Because at one point, like, I'll give an example. Call of Duty Ghost came out. A lot of people hated Call of Duty Ghost. Yeah. I really liked it. It wasn't as popular as the previous Call of Duties. Uh, like, same with, like, Advanced Warfare. So, Ghost came out. Um, it didn't do too well. Randomly, a couple years ago, as Call of Duty started going more futuristic with the Black Ops games, you had a lot of people that pushed back against that. And then they all started, for some reason, getting online on Discord or Reddit and trying to get hype back into Ghost because it was the last, like, boots on the ground, like, Call of Duty since Modern Warfare that came out in the new Black Ops. So a bunch of people started buying it pre-owned. And GameStop, I guess, started seeing the fact that Ghost, the game they were selling for $9.99, taking, like, a dollar in trade credit because they were selling it for $10. Yeah. Like, typically, and, like, maybe $8.99 if you had a pro membership. So they was so they were giving like a dollar, dollar fifty in trade credit, maybe two, two seventy five for a pro member. Yeah. So they started seeing the game go up in price, and then one day I come in and the stickers print, it's the system updated. Yeah. And the game went from nine ninety nine to twenty dollars, so it's nineteen ninety nine. <laughs> and then I think now it's like twenty nine ninety nine, maybe or twenty four ninety nine. Wow. But because those people got annoyed with Call of Duty going futuristic, they all started buying Ghosts. Yeah. And because Ghosts started selling in like a 48, 72 hour period, GameStop noticed they were like, up the trade value by a little, but increased the price by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that it, it kind of also remembers like when the when the pandemic hit, the last uh, college football game, people were playing, NCAA was at 14 or whatever. Still 16 something. Yeah, Denar Robinson on the front. Yeah, Denar Robinson. Yeah. And, and you could get it for a couple bucks, but then all of a sudden it like started. You could see it on Facebook Marketplace or wherever, a hundred bucks. You know, eBay, hundred ten bucks. You're like, holy! And I mean, I remember buying it when it first came out because we all knew it would be the last one for a while. Going, this thing at some point, someone's gonna want to buy it. And I mean, I never, I should have bought two or three copies at the time and sold them. Then, but I only bought my one. But it was, you think about it, like, wow, I could get a hundred bones off of this right now during this pandemic. Everyone's feeding, but. Yeah, it's wild how that works. It's almost similar as Duval brought up the Amazon's the stock, the GameStop yeah. stock. When, like you said, all the little people got mad at the rich billionaires and said, "You know what? We're gonna f them over," and kept buying their stock, and their stock went all the way up. Similar to that ghost thing. So that is funny how that yeah. works. Yeah, that's that's true. And I think, uh, like, kind of like Jacob said, just like it's amazing how old school and classic games 
as expensive as they are now. Like you think about it a couple years ago, you could go in and you could go get Madden 2000 for like three bucks. You go in there and get Madden 2000 now, it's like 10 bucks, yeah. 12 bucks. So it's like, imagine, like, like think about how much the pan- pandemic has like really changed a lot. Yeah. Because now people are like, you know what? I kind of want some of this old school stuff, you know, and then you're able to find it, not necessarily on eBay. And like I said, you know, like we talked about Video Game World or GameStop, they got a way where you can still trade in or you can get it. And it's not as expensive, but now so many people are getting it. Now it's like, oh, well, wait a minute. Now we're not going to be able to give you this game for five bucks. It's going to go up to nine. Do you really yep. want it? Yep. You know, so. Well, that's, you know, we talk about too, we say all the time. I remember probably seven, eight years ago, N64s at the video game world were like 60 bucks, 40 bucks, 60 bucks. Now, all of a sudden, they've got some of the ones that have, like, the, the, the green or the purple covers that are, like, 160 almost 200 bucks. where are the prices of a used Xbox One, and you're like, holy. And I remember the regular old-school Xboxes were, like, 30 40 bucks. Now they're up 50 60 bucks. The Wii's were, like, down. They had gotten low to, like, 20 25 bucks. You could People couldn't give them away. I remember at one point, Video Game World wasn't taking any more Wii's because they had so many of them. Then all of a sudden, they went up. Now you go in there, and there's 60 70 bucks to rebuy them because everybody's well, stuck at home. And then now if they have kids, they want to show the kids, like, oh, this is the games we got drunk and played in college, Wii Bowling or whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it is funny how those different, you know, waves go with these video games and how you just never know when it's going to hit. And then all of a sudden, it may crash or whatever. But... It has been wild, you know, seeing that, you know, Raspberry, you saw it firsthand, like you said, with the Ghost game. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, PS4s have become hard to find. Like, mm-hmm. I've been trying to buy one for my siblings, and they're, like, it's gotten to the point where you have to buy a PS4 as a bundle because Sony said they're going to stop making, they're only going to be making, like, one model of PS4 now. Yeah. So, like, all of those. Yeah. No, it is. It's an interesting little thing of how trying to, you know, get some of that stuff, but. All right, I'm, I'm pretty much set. Like, like I said, I got the Duvall got him a little got, plug, a shoe plug, and a video game system. Yeah, plug. so because I've got the five, the four, the three, the two, and the one, so I'm good. Oh, oh, well, had, so I'm like, nah, I'm good. Well, Duvall, I told you, and I'll tell Raspberry and Jeeves. Like, I had bought the PS One about a month or so ago for Jared's birthday because she loved playing the original Crash. The only reason I bought it was because the Crash Bandicoot was there at the video game world, so okay. I bought it. I bring it on. This is you know. This goes back to the negative of old school games. I bring it yeah. home. Of course, I gotta test it before I wait a week to give it to her birthday because I've been burned by old stuff not working. I plug it up. It won't. It won't get past the loading screen. I'm like, okay. So I take the thing back. They give me a, a new system. Then I plug it up. I get to the crash band. I get to level one, and it won't get past the level one loading screen. I'm like, all right. I'm done with this. Like I just spent ninety dollars because the system was like. 50 or 60, the game Crash Bandicoot original was 30 or whatever. I was like, you know what? And then I started Googling, and I realized they remade the Crash games, like 1, 2, and 3 for PS4 and Xbox One. And I was like, well, shit, I've been talking about getting an Xbox One, so if I just do that, you know, and then I can get that game, that's 30. It's the same prices, and I'll get all three of them, whatever. So I was like, I'll just get the game credit. They go in there, they clean the whole thing, they clean the disc, and they're like, hey, you know, we're getting to work. I was like, look, man, I'd rather just have the store credit. I'll come back and buy an Xbox One from you. And they were like, well, we don't normally do that, but we know you've been in here like three times because this system. And I was like, I pre-, and, and they can look at my record. I've been buying stuff there for seven years, so it's not like I'm not going to come back. I wasn't okay, asking yeah. for cash trying to pull a fast one on them, but I, I'm with you, Duval. I tried to get that, that PS1, but it just, it just wasn't meant to be, so. 
And see, now I can tell you, so like, um, because they've been doing a lot of, a lot of, and, and as you know, like they're doing a lot of remakes. So like the original Tony Hawk, I have yeah. that on my PS4. And like, instead of getting it like on, what was it, the PS1 or the PS2, I can't remember which one it came on. I can still, it has the original, it has all the same ones. And then like, there's a separate section where you can play like the other side, where like the remake side. Yeah. And you have the original side. So I think that is like one of the biggest benefits too. Is like you can go back and you can just be like you know what I can still play the original and have the same feel, the same love for it. Yeah, and I think that's what I'll end up doing with those crash once I once I bite the bullet on this Xbox One. So, but yeah. all right, video game talk. Let's get to the goods. Let's, you know, let's talk a little sports here. I know Raspberry is always always will talk a little sports. So we'll give Raspberry the floor first. What did you think of the Sam Darnold Jets Panthers trade? I, uh, I like the trade, mainly because I think Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback, but I don't think, I don't think Donald's had a fair shake. Mm-hmm. Like, he was on that Jets team with Adam, who is an awful head coach. He was awful with Tannehill on, on the Dolphins, and then he got to be awful on the Jets for some godforsaken reason. <laughs> and I hope Robert Saleh does an amazing job as a new head coach. My main problem is the fact that everyone hates on Sam Donald, but he's never had an opportunity to do well. Like, name a skill position player that was on the Jets. Name an offensive line player that was actually good or could make a Pro Bowl on the Jets. And I, I'm glad he got out of there. I feel bad for Teddy because now he has to be traded because why would you keep Teddy there? Teddy wasn't there to compete or to be a backup. And so it's just rude to keep him there, but now you got to find out who's going to take him because everybody's trying to get a first pick. Yeah. I just feel bad for whoever the Jets draft because you can't keep drafting quarterbacks <laughs> with no skill positions and then tell them to prove it. And then expect them to do something. Like, who do you throw the ball to when Robbie Anderson's on the on the Panthers now? Yeah. And then Robbie Anderson never got a fair shake on the Jets. He's doing great on the Panthers now. Yeah. Because like, the Jets were like the Browns were before Mayfield. They just threw a quarterback out there, and they were like, do something. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, who's he throwing the ball to? Like, <laughs> the Browns went out and got Mayfield receivers. Yeah. So now you can prove it. Like, Jarvis is there, and you have Odell there. And you have those tight ends there who are amazing. So they're like, prove it. So he has an option. Yeah, the no. Got yeah, no, and I think that's I think that's a great breakdown of it. I mean, the Jets are right back where they were when they took Sam Darnold, right? Like they they really just wasted three years. You know, they now Makai Becton looked really good as a left tackle before he got injured, and Gase played it when he was hurt and all that stuff. So hopefully that's good. But you know, to your point, Raspberry, they've got a lot of picks now, so they should be able to surround Wilson. The number two overall pick, which everyone pretty much knows that's what's going to happen. It's Lawrence one, Wilson two. Really, the draft starts at three. Are the Niners going to be stupid and take Mac Jones at three, or they're going to take Justin Fields or at least Trey Lance? But we can get into that here in a little bit once we finish doing this Darnold stuff. But, yeah, are they gonna, they have the picks to now surround him via offensive line, via, via weapons, and we'll see if Robert Saleh can do that and the new general manager can do that. I mean, it seemed like the Jets had nothing bad to say about Darnold. He's – a year younger than Joe Burrow. I mean, that to me is wild. He's only 23, going to be 24 soon. And we gave up a six round this year and then a two and four next to where, hey, you know, it's it's worth the gamble. Now, yes, the hard part is, are we going to – I don't think anybody's going to want to trade for Teddy at that contract, right? Like, they're going to have to eat some dead money or – I mean, until – I think at least until after the draft maybe – if, if, if the Broncos say they don't say they don't get their quarterback in the first couple rounds, right? And they're like, you know what? We at least need to have someone for Drew Block, Drew Locke to compete with. You know, maybe they make a trade for Teddy, but 
yeah, with that contract and kind of with his limitations on full display last year, it'll be tough there. But Duvall, what you think? Um, it was it wasn't a bad pick. Uh, well, a bad trade. Uh, I, I'm interested to see what happens. I mean, we're getting a a younger player. At least we know he's going to actually throw the ball down the field. <laughs> um, I'm interested to see how he does too because. Kind of, you know, as, as everyone said, is is like he didn't really get a fair shot. Um, you know, Raspberry kind of spoke to it. Just there's nobody in New York. So now he's got two decent receivers, potentially a tight end if we take one. That could be another good guy that he can throw the ball to. He's got somebody in McCaffrey that he can hand the ball to 15-plus times and throw the ball to five-plus times, and he has that opportunity. And then defensively, we, don't, we may not – I would say we have probably the same comparable defense at the Jets had because the Jets had a decent defense. We have an up-and-coming young defense. Um, the only thing I've got with him is is he went to USC. And I couldn't tell you the last <laughs> good quarterback to come out of USC. And that's the only thing is is just like I just hope he's able to break that barrier where he's actually a really decent quarterback. But at the same time, if he goes out there and he wins us five games, we're back in the same spot that we were last year. Now, granted, we wasted a couple of players years, McCaffrey, DJ Moore, you know, those guys are going to be a year older, but they're still kind of young, so we still got that in our favor. Um, I, I just I just hope that this is a good opportunity and he has a fresh start. I mean, he can't do any worse, I don't yeah. think. So, so yeah. it, it's the only time we'll take. I mean, like I said, it, it's, I mentioned it a little bit last week, it's, it's wild seeing Tepper who – when his press conference with Rule was like, patience, his re- Rome wasn't built in the day, and then now we're seeing him like, wait a second, my team that I bought has a losing record since I spent, a, you know, $2 billion, $3 billion, whatever it was, and now them spinning tires through quarterbacks from Cam to Teddy to, you know, we saw Will, Will Greer play. So like, they want that franchise guy. Maybe they got it out of Sam Darnold. He's going to get a year. If Joe Brady wants a head coaching job, if he makes Sam Darnold look like a good quarterback, as he made T- Teddy look like a a, a great backup. Yes. I mean, he'll have the pick of the litter of whatever team he wants to go to. I think that was his main holdback. Was there were a couple questionable calls at the end of some games last year where it was like that was on coach. And you could tell he was a thirty-one-year-old offensive coordinator. There was a lot of times you could tell of that. So can he grow? And if Teddy, I mean, if if Sam can go out there and throw for thirty touches, you know, twelve to ten picks. And get you to a nine. Well, I can't say nine and seven anymore because now it's a seventeen. I got to get used to this seventeen game. I don't know what a nine and eight season or a ten and yeah. whatever it is. A ten and, and seven, seven. seven. Yeah, something weird <laughs> like that. You know, it could be. You know, interesting to see how that goes. But I also think it does. The downside was is somehow he goes out there and he gets hurt, or we're, are we spinning tires? Where are we again next year? You know, what I mean, do we yeah. have Sam Darnold? Are we picking eighth again? Do we have to give up three first rounders like the Niners? go get whoever Sam Howell, whoever the top quarterback prospect's going to be. I don't know, but it seems like the patience is starting to run thin for Matt Rule and for Tepper, even though Rule, it's only been one year. I think he's still got time, but it it seems like the process has gotten faster than what we were told initially, you know? Yeah, and see, that's one thing that they'll have to answer. Like, if, if, like, kind of to your point, Jacob, if he gets hurt or something happens and we're 4 and 13 or whatever the number is now, <laughs> you know, or something like that, then they're going to say, okay, now you went through three quarterbacks in two years. Yeah. So then it's going to be like, okay, so what are we going to do now? So then do you go draft a quarterback? Do you give Darnold another shot? Do you give him another year and all that kind of stuff? So then you're like, okay, wait a minute now. 
what's 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 the next move? Yeah. And I think they're also feeling that pressure because they just saw the Bucks, who were the laughing stock for the last ten years, pick up Tom Brady and win a damn Super Bowl. And you could see that when they were in on the Stafford trade, they're off in the eighth pick and, and Teddy for Stafford. They want to win now. Like all that talk about patience and whatever, they want to win now. And they just saw the Bucks literally do what every team hasn't been able to do is pick up a vet. I mean, the Broncos did it in 15 with Peyton Manning, but his arm had fallen off. I mean, Tom Brady still looked like he could sling it. But yeah. you can tell that Tepper's sitting there going, are you kidding me? Like, why didn't we entertain picking up Tom Brady? Not to say we would have won a Super Bowl, but, you know, and then I, I'll, I'll entertain this this proposition. I, I heard it on another podcast you know, say that Sam Darnold doesn't work out. What's going on up in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and his contract? Does he become available? And do you I, you talk about a big move in Tepper with big brass balls or whatever. That, to me, would be he just saw Tom Brady do one. Do you go get an Aaron Rodgers, though he's going to be a million, but it was just proven that you can win a, a Super Bowl with a, a built-up offensive line, tons of skill position, a lot of one-year deals on the defense – I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how teams were building teams with, like, the, the rookie quarterback scale. Now, all of a sudden, here comes the wrench of the Tom Brady plucked into a perfect scenario. How do teams start viewing these these older quarterbacks that, you know, are kind of up there? So, Raspberry, your thoughts? Uh, I feel like that's not a like, – like, I feel like that's what's caused the issue in the Seattle. That's what caused the issue on Packers is that they saw that Brady went to this new team, and when he went to the owner, and he went to the head coach, he started asking for those players. They went out and they got those players. Yeah. All those skill positions, and look what happened. <laughs> so you see Russell, like, hey, I need an O-line. <laughs> got the receivers, he's like, I need an O-line and a running game. Because he, he still remembers having beast mode, so he wants a running game, and he wants that O-line he used to have. And they're not going out there and getting it. You see, you see Rodgers... Who has to sit there and see them draft, trade up to get a quarterback? <laughs> now we're sitting here like we're like they better draft like O line, they better draft a receiver, they better do something to trade up for a quarterback, a quarterback that I didn't even really hear about. So yeah. I was kind of surprised. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why did you trade up with that guy? Yeah, he better be good because now you've angered an MVP level quarterback. He might be four, he might be like thirty eight, but 36, 37, 38. He's up, he's up in that around that range, but. That's crazy for you to trade up and do that when you could have got a receiver last year. You could have got a tight end. It's like people are talking like the Cowboys might trade up to get Kyle Pitts. Like I think of Kyle Pitts as at the eighth spot. He's there. I think the Panthers should take him. Yeah, like, no, I agree. Yeah, they haven't had like like they haven't had that great tight end, and the tight end's like a great, great skill option player for a young quarterback. Like that's who you can lean on. Like the Cam when he was there. Yeah, yeah, so to lean on. You had like Witten in Dallas for like years. Like, that tight end is there for you to lean on, especially, like, a tight end that can catch, that can kind of block, that can run routes, like Kyle Pitts. Like, he'd be great. Just watch Jerry Jones talking about trading up to get him. Like, even he can see it. Yeah. Probably take a defensive player. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, counter, I'll counter you with that and say the Panthers haven't had a left tackle consistent since Jordan Gross, right? They've been rotating. I really think it's going to be either Penny Sewell or the Slater guy from Northwestern as an offensive tackle to plug in. What kills me is they literally spent a second-round pick two years ago on Greg Little, and so now you're kind of giving up on that. But, you know, we talked about Sam Darnold being on his back, Teddy Bridgewater on his back, his last couple years at Cam being on his back. He got hurt because the offensive line couldn't block and they blew his shoulder up, right? 
and then he was in the preseason. He got hurt because he was running for his life because the offensive line sucked. He he fucked his foot up, and then that you know that set the whole course in motion there. Yep. I think it's offensive line. I could see a corner if those guys are gone, and I could see a trade back if somebody. Let's just say a hypothetical one of the quarterbacks is sitting there. I know they just entertained and said, "Well, if Fields or Lance slides, we're going to take him at eight. We could still." I don't see. I don't see them doing that. I just think you're you're loading up on one position, especially if you still have Teddy. Teddy, Not to say I don't believe in Field or Lance, but to me, if someone's calling you to trade up at that spot for a quarterback, get more picks and trade back and maybe get something. You know, you touched on, like you said, the Packers taking a quarterback. What did the What did the Bucks do? They took an offensive lineman to help to help Brady, and then they, you know what I'm saying. So again, that's the counter to, like you said, you want to plan for the future, but how much do you plan for the future? Do you hurt your now, right? Like, and I feel like that's what the Packers have done is they've been in two NFC Championship games. But they just they're short right there. Brady tried to give them the NFC Championship game. He threw three picks in the near the end. He tried to he tried to let Rodgers get there, but they just couldn't get it done. And like you said, if they you know took a receiver, took an offensive lineman, maybe another defensive lineman or something, maybe another corner because old Kevin King got smoked out there. Yeah. But again, it's it's that balance of you know planning for the future and also planning for the now. And let's see, we got a thirty five year old quarterback. Let's not plan too much for the future because we're trying to win one now. So it will be interesting to see what the Panthers do. I think it's really up in the air. I know they don't want to trade up, and, you know, we'll see how it slides. Yeah, I think they're just going to let the board come to them. And, and, I mean, if we stay at eight and we don't trade back, which I'm all for trading back, but not trading back too far to where you're like, I'm not getting as much value. But if you're at eight – and you see a tackle there that you're just like, hey, listen, if Sewell's there or Slater, it's like, okay, we're going to take one of these two. Um, if you're like, all right, well, we're going to look tight end. Hell, I mean, I ain't even, I'm not even taking receiver off the board just because of the simple fact that um, Robbie Anderson will be up with, with his deal. And then you've got, I mean, you can still have another weapon. Now, I don't think they'll take a receiver yeah. unless for some reason both the tackles are going. Nobody wants to trade up, and like I think the they, best. I think they go corner at that spot if no one wants to trade up. I think Sertan from Alabama. I think J.C. Horn from South. I think if they really, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, they all their offensive free agent moves have been, you know, to shore up to where if we don't get one, we're okay with A.J. Bouye. But I think if the tackles are gone, I can't see them pulling. I mean, it'd be wild if they pulled it on a receiver. But I think Jamar Chase is going to the Dolphins at six. I mean. What does yeah. Tua need? They've been talking. He needs receivers. Or, I mean, they could pull a trigger off his alignment, but I feel like they got that already. And they got so many picks, it'll be wild. But, you know, I think it's off his alignment. I think it's corner. And I don't think it'd be a Michael Parsons linebacker. I don't think they would go there. But I even think if it's not a tackle, it, you could see a center or a guard, a guy that you don't really know but could play. Because, you know, our centers deals up at the end of this year. Our guards are kind of – TBD, right? Like it's just a bunch of scrubs they signed. So I don't know. Like it could that could be one of those unsexy picks that could pay off if you've done your research and they scouted right, or it could blow up in your face. But that's just that's why everyone loves the NFL draft. You think you know, but you don't really know till three years down the road. So this whole draft could be unsexy. Yes, we could go all well, line like the first two days. Yeah, we, like, we went all defense last year. It would be it would not surprise me if they went three straight offensive linemen, one, two, and three, just because again. Your quarterback can't throw to the Kyle Pitts. I would love the Kyle Pitts, but 
if they ain't got no one to block for him, we just he just throwing off his back foot, throwing it up, and and you know that's that's that. But yeah, I mean it it, it really, and we also talk about the top of the draft. You know, history tells us that out of these four quarterbacks, two or three of them going bust. So yeah. did the Niners just make that big trade up for a bust, and then they're sitting back with no first the next couple of years? That's where I was with the trade. I'm glad we didn't give up three first-rounders to get Darnold or even one first-rounder. That's what yeah. I would have been a little upset if they did the, the Matthew Stafford trade, is giving up that eighth pick where should be an elite talent there for a Stafford for one year. So, you know, I'm cool with that. But, you know, who do you think out of the three of those quarterbacks or four is the most bust potential between the Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Lance, Matt Jones. You ain't gonna throw Fields in there? Fields, my bad. I knew I forgot one. Thank you, Jeeves. Yeah, well, uh, I can I can see I can see Will or uh, Lance. Okay. Being being the bus. Okay. Why is that, Jeeves? I mean, no one no one really no one really sees him play because he went to what he went to North Dakota State. Yeah. I mean, no one really – he didn't really get any, like, airtime. So you have to have – like you said, you have to have, like, a good – a recruiter to go out there and say, okay, yeah, this man, he can he can sling the ball, he can run, he can do all that. But they're not really – they're not really talking about him like that. Yeah. And I know yeah. they're talking about Lawrence, Wilson, and Fields. Now that the Niners jumped up to three, they're talking about Mac Jones going to them. But they're not talking about – Trey Lance, like they were before the Niners jumped up. Well, I think the Trey Lance is basically everyone knew, like, he's going to have to have a year of season, right? Like, because he hasn't played too many games. He's an athletic yeah. freak. Um, to me, I'm, I'm going to throw it on. Everyone loves Zach Wilson, but I don't know, man. I, again, he didn't show up in the big games that he had. I know, Duvall, we've talked about this before. He didn't show up in the big games. I know he's got a big arm, but – can he take the pressure of New York? You know, I hope Robert Saleh can be a good head coach, but going from BYU to New York City, from he can't even look at a female at BYU to he can right. order he can order females in New York City, <laughs> or they're gonna be at his door. That's a big jump. Not to say just understanding the terminology of the NFL and everybody's an athlete. You can't run away from everybody. You know, you can throw the bombs all you want, but. Again, does he have the skill positions? They got Denzel Mims last year from Baylor, but other than that, I don't really know. Jamison Crowder, okay, he's pretty solid. He got to stay healthy, but yeah. yeah. Raspberry, what about um, you? Oh, my oh, bad. Yeah, uh, I gotta say, uh, I, I think Matt Jones. Yeah. I think I don't know why he's 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 okay. I don't yeah. know why he's being compared to other QBs. Like, cause I'm with him, I can't tell. Cause like, look who his receivers were. Yep. I'm like, I don't know if it was you or it was the receivers. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a Bama fan. I grew up in Alabama. Yeah. And I've never seen a good Alabama QB in the NFL. <laughs> never in my life. Like Chase Daniels is trash. Like there's, like we can't really like, like they get there and like the, the Chiefs for some reason took like two of them at some point. They ended up they wound up on the Chiefs. There's two Alabama quarterbacks. Oh yeah, who was that? They did have one of them. I can't remember who. Yeah, it was. Chase Daniels was not Chase Daniels. No, McCarron was with the Bengals. Yeah. No, no, not this before Chase Daniels. Yeah. I mean, no, Brody Croyle. Brody Croyle. No, this is before Brody. Before Brody. Okay. But he, he, Brody Croyle ended up on the Eagles, and the Browns were on the Chiefs. Like, 
Like I've never seen a good Alabama quarterback in the NFL. So like when one whenever anyone brings one of them up, I'm like, I'm gonna say things like that. Like, yeah. We got good running backs, we got good wide receivers, we got good offensive line, we got amazing defensive players. But please don't say we got good quarterbacks, because that's never been a thing. I mean maybe Mac Jones will break the curse. Maybe look like a mediocre to barely average Alabama NFL quarterbacks, but I don't have much much hope. Because, like, he's, he's fighting the curse that's existed since dawn time. <laughs> it's like, uh, if you go to the Jets, you're probably going to suck. They yeah. Know, it's, 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 it's turned around, they had to get dips to do it. And he just plays you like you're never going to get tired. So, I guess that works. But, no, like, it's like I'm a Bulls fan. I saw him do that. But, like, no, um, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I've never seen a good Bama quarterback on in the NFL level. And I don't think I will this year. Yeah. Or next year. Or the year after that. Yeah, <laughs> Duval. Um, everyone's given a different name, so I'm going to give a different name too, and I'm going to say Justin Fields. Um, and the reason I say this, and and I've talked to me and my dad always talk about it. It's like kind of similar to Raspberry's point. The last few quarterbacks to come out of Ohio State haven't really made that much noise. As much noise as they gave them in college, they were going to be able to do this and do that. They haven't done it. Now, another thing about Fields, okay, so at Ohio State, he has so much talent around him, defensive side of the ball and offensive side of the ball. Now, not as much as Alabama, and that Clemson game, he really played really well. Now, granted, Clemson's defense was not that good this past year, but he made a lot of noise. But I just don't know if he's going to be able to, if he doesn't have that talent around him, how good is he going to be? You know, same, same, same similar thing to, um, the Philly quarterback now that went to Alabama too and Oklahoma. Like he had a lot oh, of talent Jaylen around. Hurts. Yeah. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. And I think a lot of the team a lot of the players that quarterbacks at least that make it and do really well in the NFL are the ones that do it without anything. Like look at Mahomes. Mahomes had I don't know anybody else on that Texas Tech team but him. <laughs> Cam was coming out of Auburn. It was just him. Like, there's a lot of players that transcend, and they're just like, like Lamar Jackson, nobody else was on that team. Yeah. You know, now, granted, there's some, like, when, like, there's some players that they have talent around, and they're still very successful, but it's rare that those that have so much talent end up being that way. So, um, I'm going to go with Fields. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. As long as he don't go to Atlanta, and we have to see him twice a year in the next five, ten years, I'm cool with that, but... What I worry what I worry about Fields is I always feel like there's a there's an injury that that ticks up. Like he had that knee brace on for a while. I just feel yep. like there's something like he may have a good career, but it's like a Sam Bradford career where you like the potential's there and he has a, a game where he throws for four hundred and four TDs, but in the game at the very end he like rolls his ankle and he's out for the next three weeks, right? And something like yep. that. That's what I worry is just his injury. I think the talent's there, he's got the speed, he's got the cannon, but I just worry with that frame. He doesn't seem like he's got that frame, like an RG3 where all of a sudden, like, you know, you start taking more of those licks and, the, it, you know, it, it piles up. Now, RG3 was mismanaged by his whole coaching staff and the whole Washington team, but yeah. it just seems like yeah. even even this year, RG3, when he got his chance with the Ravens, three-fourths of the game way through, he pops his hand straight. You know, like yeah. it just yeah. – sometimes the body just ain't – Ain't built for for that for that you know starting all those games and playing it the way those are. So we'll see how it is. And as always, Father Time remains undefeated. So at some point, you just your body's like, nope, all right, it's done. So we'll see. And and that's just like I said, how crazy the draft is. 
Now, I do want to, Raspberry brought up some hoops. Raspberry, how have you thought, as a Bulls fan, one, did you like the trade with Orlando a couple weeks ago? Uh, I feel like it was a decent trade. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Vooch is great, and he's a great scorer. He's a decent rebounder. They need, but now because they have Vucevic, they need, like, an actual big in the interior that can defend. Like, Laurie is like Porzingis, where he's, like, really tall, and he can shoot, and he can, but he can't defend as good as Porzingis. But Markkanen also is injury-prone, kind of like Porzingis, but when he, but he, but, like, the thing is, Porzingis, the, since he's considered the cornerstone of the Mavs, they try to build around him being there with Luka. Well, Laurie is not a cornerstone because he's seen, like, behind Zach Levine. Like, I think the Bulls' real issue is that getting Ruchel is nice, but getting Lonzo along with him would have been better, or at least just getting Lonzo and not getting Vucevic, because the Bulls' problem is they don't have a point guard. Yeah. Because Kobe White is a two. He's a two. He's not a point guard. Zach Levine is a point guard, but the issue is a shooting guard that was first drafted as a point guard by the Timberwolves. And the issue with Zach Levine is sometimes him and Kobe will, will zone in on scoring so much that they won't do well passing the ball. But also because other Bulls players can step up, sometimes Zach Levine would like, just try to do it all himself, which doesn't work as well sometimes. Like, sometimes it works, sometimes. Like, like he dropped 50 recently, but then yeah. we lost. And we <laughs> lost. Like, and like, it's like, he did what he could, and he got people over, but they missed. And, like, the issue is that, like, now you've got Laurie coming off the bench. You can't start Laurie marketing and Blue Pitch. Your defense would be awful. Your defense would be terrible. Like, in the paint, he basically let people as small as, like, Isaiah Thomas, Wilson, and just lay up. <laughs> Like, it, it just wouldn't work. So, like, they have to put him off the bench, which he doesn't like because he's in the last year of his deal before he becomes restricted free agent. He wants to show he can play. So, a team will actually try to get him out of Chicago because they wasted his entire, like, first two to three seasons of his career. Like, I don't know how Josh Boylan became an NBA coach. Like, I don't know how that happened. Like, the Bulls just – the Bulls are like the Knicks for years. They just say anybody walking there, be a coach or anybody just <laughs> – get on the team and just give them money. Like, oh, it's a washed-up player. Let me give them a couple million to come out here and put on a Knicks jersey. Like, I still laugh that they took that Eddie Curry trade. Yeah. <laughs> I like, that was the dumbest thing. I, but also, the, the Bulls traded, like, LaMarcus Aldridge away, I think, for, like, you can't remember his name. He's in the league for, like, a few years, and then he fizzled out. But, like, yeah, they had LaMarcus Aldridge, and they traded him on draft day, and I still remember that. I'm like, wow. It yeah, seems like they forward. they had that good luck with Derrick Rose, but then once he tore his ACL that first time, Bibbs destroyed his body because he played him like a yeah. like he couldn't get hurt. Yep. Like we're up like like twenty, but I'm gonna keep Rose in the game. It's yeah. Like, why? Yeah. Oh no, he destroyed his knee. Yep. And then it just uh-huh. it just started going downhill from there. So you know, Raz, you know you're from you from Alabama, but you've lived in Concord, Charlotte, Greensboro for a little bit. How have you liked LaMelo Ball? I know he's been out for a little bit, but what have been your thoughts on his, you know, first part of the season, his NBA career? I think he's, he's like, his dad was right when he said he was the best yep. of the Ball brothers. Like, when it comes to like, a complete game, like, I think Lonzo's a better defender, and he's the better playmaker, like, table setter. But I think Melo, but, like, LaMelo has the most, like, rounded game. Like, he... He can pass, he can shoot. Like, people thought he would be able to shoot the three, but he proved he could shoot the NBA three with a bit of distance. Um, yeah. It's like, I, like I, I just like his game. He just has, like, an overall game. He can pass, he can bit everything. 
Defense is okay. My main worry I had with the Hornets coming into the season was the height. Like, it's one of the reasons why I don't think the Trailblazers will ever really be title contenders because of height. Like, you got to look at the fact that, like, like, like a LaMelo brings the Hornets height because you see LaMelo out there at 6'6", but you got, like, Terry Rogier at, like, 6'2". Yeah. Playing, like, shooting guard, and you got, like, Devontae Graham who's, like, 6'1", playing point guard, shooting guard, and you got Malik Monk who's, like, 6'2", 6'3", with shoes on, playing point guard, shooting guard. You look at the Trailblazers, you have Damon, like, 6 foot, CJ at 6'2", Norman Powell at 6'3". What happens when you meet someone like the Lakers who have KCP, who's, like, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, LeBron who's, like, 6'9", six, 6'8", six, and then you've got, like, everybody who's, even Caruso's, like, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and, like, it's the hype that'll kill you sometimes. And, like, having LaMelo there with the ability to see that well, play the game that well at that height, it really helps. It's like Ben Simmons has been so good for so long. Ben Simmons can't shoot, or he does <laughs> not show the desire to shoot, but he's 6'10". Yeah. He's, yeah. he's playing point guard. Yeah. If yeah. you're, like, a 6'1 point guard, what do you do against a 6'10 man? What do you do? Do you take the power forward yeah. off the feet to come guard him while he's backing down Kimba? Like, Kimba is, like, 5'11 yeah. in shoes, and as a 6'10 man... Backing him down in the paint. What's he supposed to do? You take the power forward off? So who likes the power forward now? Your point guard? Like, that size helps in that matchup. Yeah, I think that'll be interesting what the Hornets do. I think they can make a little noise. I mean, they're, they're what, third or fourth in the division right now as we're talking. Who knows? I think they play tonight, Saturday night. But... I mean, they already. I wish I would have threw money on the over. The over was set at like twenty six and a half for the Hornets win, and they just smashed the over because they got their twenty sixth or twenty seventh win, whatever. So, you know, that would have been a good bet. But I mean, if they can get in there, I, I hope they can at least win one playoff game. If they scoot in, if they can get these, you know, Hayward's been out, Monk's been out, Lamelo's out. Getting a couple wins with some of these G- Jalen McDaniel's dropping twenty the other night was a wild yeah. sight to see. You know, what a maker they they traded for cash is like playing regular minutes now. I mean, who the hell is that guy from Golden State? But 30-year-old G League guy just hanging on. So that's kind of cool and funny to see. But their thing would be the down low. I mean, when Zeller's your starter, he's okay. But how long is he going to stay healthy? And if, if Biombo's your backup, that's the toughest. Because that's just, I mean, LaMelo made him look like a feasible player. But then... When Lomelo not there, he just he still can't catch the ball. He'll block a shot every now and then, but he should be your third option at the very end. He shouldn't yeah. be your backup center coming in. So that's been tough. And the develop, you know, with no with no off season, that maybe Vernon Carey can be that, but I think it's going to take him a little bit while you know. And then there's that other guy they got. I think Nick Richards from yeah. from Kentucky. Again, two young guys that can develop, but in the NBA, it's like that mix of balance of. Now they're actually competing. So how much can you develop when you're trying to win, right? Like, win, yeah. so no, nah, we'll see. We'll see what they do and, and how they. I think that's going to be their real futures. Hopefully, they can build the right team around Lamelo, so he doesn't want to bolt in five or six years. I mean, he can get the most money here, but the key is going to be can Cupcheck get the pieces via trades, via draft, via whatever. So Lamelo's like, you know what, y'all are always giving me pieces, and I don't need to go to L.A. or New York or wherever it may be. So. That's something to worry about in the future, but hopefully they can get it done. Yeah, that's true. I just, I'm just glad that we're competing, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. each and every night, like, I, I, I love, like, and, and I think one of the biggest things is, is you ne- really never know whose night it's going to be. Yeah. Like, we kind of just said, you know, one one game Malik might have 30. The next game, Rozier might have 35 or 40. The next game, Washington might have 30. 
next game Bridges might have 30. You know, you really never know. And I think that's one of the biggest things is all those guys understand that they're trying to fight. They're all fighting for minutes. They all damn near play the same position. So you got to really battle. Like, I mean, I, I can appreciate that. And competition brings out the best. So I, I, I love that about them. Uh, I think we've got a decent, we got a really good coach. I think uh, James Borrego has done a really good job. And uh, I think Cupcheck really does have uh, his handprint on what we're doing. And I think Mike, I, I hope Mike has really stepped away from everything and let Cupcheck just do this. And, uh, you know, so far I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased with uh, kind of like you kind of spoke to LaMelo. LaMelo's been pretty well. Um, I was real skeptical, skeptical just because of how his dad is. But um, it doesn't matter because he just comes here and he just plays ball. So, um, you know. Yeah, and I'm, I, I'm glad they're just playing the young guys, too. I know, you know, yes. it's that battle in professional sports of, like, giving young guys minutes, but also, like, them sitting on the bench sometimes, you can only learn so much. And so at least these draft picks are playing, whereas we had that trouble a couple years ago where it was like, why isn't this person play? Why isn't Malik Monk playing? Half of that could be him being a knucklehead or whatever, but at least, you know, and we saw at the beginning of the season he was getting over COVID and they took their time with him, but then once he – he played, he blew up for 35 or 40 or whatever it was. And so that's the good thing is let these lottery picks play. I don't want to see them squirreling away on the bench. Now, again, if they're out posting on Instagram and they're partying and they're doing whatever, that's on them. But we at least – I didn't take a guy nine overall for him to sit at the 15th spot of the bench and be like, well, he's going to learn more down there. Like, nah, if we, ain't comp- if we don't have LeBron James on our team winning championships, he doesn't need – a lottery pick doesn't need to be doing that. So that's at least good to see that as well. So – and they're performing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, all right, Raspberry, it's that time. Jeeves, are you ready? I am. All right, it's the uh, Warehouse Distillery. There we go. Wine under the bridge, Escape One Eye Notebook. I've sent Raspberry some pictures from our notebook. He's going to pick a question. He's going to ask us. While he's doing that, again, uh, a final congrats to Brittany McKinney for winning our uh, Pick'em League, the uh, Tourney Challenge. She'll get her shirt and all that good stuff soon. And then it looks like Survivor is going to be coming back. So we'll have that fantasy game coming up hopefully in the fall. And then, of course, in a couple weeks, the NFL Draft Fantasy Challenge. Buck won it last year. Everyone, you know, if you don't know what it is, we fill out a, you fill out a little mock draft and you get points if you get the player or the number right. So all that. Anybody can enter. We'll grade it for you and all that good stuff. Raspberry, you got a question? All right, so the uh, would you rather be 20 forever or 40 forever? Ooh. And that was, I think, by JC, I think, put that one in there. Yeah. Yeah. See, I got questions with that. So do I, am I 40 knowing everything I'd like? Yeah, you're um, Yeah, you're 40 knowing everything. Like, you get to 40 and you just stay tuck everlasting 40 years old forever. Or you get to 20 and you stay 20 to me, I think I gotta say forty. Is it twenty or twenty-four, Raz? I think it was a. Uh, I think I said forty. Let me look. Yeah. Twenty-four and forty. At least twenty and forty. No, it's twenty and forty. Oh, it's twenty and forty. Yeah. Would you rather be twenty forever or forty forever? Oh, yeah. Twenty. Twenty. I think I gotta go forty. Twenty forever would just be a constant tease, right? Like you couldn't go into the grocery store and buy beer. You'd have to always be asking somebody to get it for you. Though you're in your prime and essence of like maybe athletic ability or youngness and like your your metabolism and all that kind of stuff, you you wouldn't. I don't think you'd be able to gamble in places. You could vote, but 
I think, you know, we're not at 40 yet. We're closer to 40 than we are 20 right now, which is a wild thing to say, (laughs) which is a wild thing to say. So uh, I'd probably go 40 because you'd have the experience. You'd still be able to go out and cut loose. And, yeah, I think think I'd go with the 40. And I still yeah, feel like I you, would, uh, you can pull the ladies. I mean, if you're around at 40, you you get another thing. Lionel Richie's out there. I know he's a multimillionaire, but he's damn pulled a 26-year-old. And that man's 70 years yeah, old. Yeah, So <laughs> Anything is possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would probably say 40 because just look at the, the mentality that you have at 31, 32 that you, versus 20. So imagine what your mentality would be at 40. You'll be much established in your career, all that type of stuff. You are able to still cut loose. But 40 isn't necessarily old. You can still get out. You can still do certain things. Now, the recovery speed won't be the same, yeah. <laughs> you know, as we all know. But I, I think 40 would be good, man. I, I'm blessed to still have all my hair. So um, I think at 40, I'll still have hair, too. It may be a little salt and pepperish, But, you know, I think I, think I would do 40. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, too. I'm, I'm going to. I'm gonna say 40. Um, just like Duvall said, you established in your career. Like Jake said, you can still pull the ladies if you're not married yet. But yeah, I do 40. All right, Raz, where you at? I would do uh, 20. Okay. So you gotta think about it. You're living forever. Yeah. So you're not like getting old. You're not dying. So you're gonna to have to be changing locations a lot. You're living forever. You can't just stay in the same place as the same forty-year-old guy. At some point, someone's gonna be like, "Hey, isn't it Jacob? Isn't it look like that?" When he's eighty-five, like you're gonna to have to move around a lot and like change identities, stuff like that. You're living forever. You don't just, you're not just like, you gotta disappear. I feel like it'd be easier to just disappear when you're twenty. That's fair. Just pop up somewhere, and the thing is. Like it's hard to find alcohol as a twenty-year-old. Like it's not like it's hard for them to find alcohol. They know somebody or someone or some way. Like everyone did before. Yeah. But the issue is that like if you're just gonna if you're gonna live forever. Like I was because I was just looking at the questions. That's what you did. That remind me. Oh, you had to check the book. Yeah. So I looked through it and I saw that and I was like, wait. That, and I actually thought about it for a second. I was like, forty. Like you said, you know everything and everything would be knowledgeable. But like I feel like it's just easier as a twenty-year-old to just up and be gone. That's like, true. I really like care that you like, if your loft or your apartment is just empty, and the landlord's not going to be as strange about letting you rent month to month at certain points as like a forty-year-old. <laughs> That's, That's true. That's true. It's average for rent month to month, then you just it's gone. And I think yeah. at twenty, you probably after a couple years of living at twenty, you'd be able to find some way to get a good fake ID, yeah. like legit, legit fake yeah. ID, and make it happen. So I think it's that's, not like you don't stop learning. You'll still learn. You'll still evolve as a person. You just don't age past twenty. Yeah. That's why I feel like it'd be easier because you got to disappear. You can't yeah. just be living in the same place for fifty years and never age. You could just you could just keep popping around to spring breaks in colleges forever. You would just be the ultimate yeah, you like. You could because you'd be twenty. Yeah. Like, yeah, you could. <laughs> yeah. uh, and you would know exactly what to say. So yep. yeah, you're right. You know. You'd be like, yeah, I've attended every single college in the U.S. because every year you just start a new college with a new fake name somewhere for a semester or two. And yeah, that's true. That's true. Very. I'm glad. I'm glad somebody broke out of the mold there and chose twenty. To my, it's always good to spice it up and have different thoughts and feelings and all that kind of stuff out there. So yeah, that was yeah. good. All right. Any uh. Final thoughts? Any things anybody got to get out their chest for? We we say our pieces, our deuces. Uh, 
Um, I, I just I just got one man, and, and it's kind of a question to everyone, man. Okay. With the with the with the news yesterday about DMX. Oh yeah. Can y'all kind of go around and just give like I guess one of your fondest memories of DMX? And I mean I I, I mean I'll start with it. So like um, and I know I don't know Jacob you saw my tweet yesterday. So like when I was flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood came out in '98. Now mind you, in '98 I was you like ten. 89, I was what, nine, nine, ten, nine, ten, something? yeah, something like that. So I couldn't get unedited albums. Yeah, <laughs> and also at that time, unedited albums weren't really like a thing. Like they weren't putting parental advisory on it because you got to remember they were coming from records, yeah, to CDs. So um, that was the first ever unedited album that I had ever had. So I can say that like that album, like it speaks to me. Like I've been listening to that one, and then uh. Welcome to X. I think that's what the next one that came out the next year. Um, those are two like my favorite albums. Now, granted, DMX didn't make a ton after that that like I really really love, but like that that era and like just his persona and how he carried himself like just spoke volumes. And that album was to me forever great. And I watched like I need to watch. I'm probably gonna watch Belly today just because I like the intro to Belly. So. <laughs> Nas, but yeah, that's my thought. Raspberry, how about you? Since you're the two the two black guys here, we'll let y'all start it off. Yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> uh, I think uh, when it comes to DMX, the two things that I always remember when it comes to him as an artist, one is the Damien trilogy. Like, that's the most weirdest trilogy in rap, where basically <laughs> he's like this rapper that sold his soul for yeah, like, yeah, yeah. fame and fortune. And like, his evil alter ego that he gets for doing it is like displayed by the Chucky doll who he refers as Chucky and like it just makes him do more evil things but he ends up doing a version of it where he has like Marilyn Manson on it (laughs) him and Marilyn Manson did another song together and I was just looking it up called Oh and I forgot about it so him and Marilyn Manson collabed those songs which I thought was really weird seeing those two things like when it's like when Lil John did Crazy Train it's something you don't really expect rapper to like Kanye doing like King Crimson. Like how about that. you? What, how about uh, what was it? Nelly with Tim McGraw. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Dirt Town Road like remix. Yeah. Like um, like and the other thing is the Robot Chicken sketch where you have like the break dancing like Voltron to like get it on the floor where he's like battling this monster. And, like I still remember that because I was just watching Robot Chicken with friends. And it was like it had that episode came out when we were in college. We were just chilling in the door and watching it in like the common room, and we just see this Voltron unit form, and it's just the bend. We're thinking, oh, it's gonna fight a monster, and then like get it on the floor comes on, and then the Voltron monster and Voltron start like having a break dance battle with DMX, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll kind of mine's not as strong as you guys. I mean. Grew, grew up in a very kind of, not strict household, but kind of sheltered in a way where MTV was parental blocked. A lot of yep. channels were parental blocked and all that kind of stuff. So really didn't, didn't really, I don't remember my first DMX. It might have been some high school via the, you know, locker room, football locker room, running that tune box. That probably was the first time. So, you know, obviously getting hyped and playing football and all that kind of stuff. But then even, like, I remember then meeting Cheeks my freshman year in college and him introduced me to a more wide variety of stuff as well. So, obviously, you know, 
X gonna give it to you. That one always people blast that and all that stuff. But it wouldn't be as in depth as y'all. It was just more. I think it's just wild to see all the people outpouring for him and just to see how he, you know, he was a very rough kind of guy for a little bit, and then you could see him open up and change, not change, but kind of adjust his ways of thoughts and, you know, how he yeah. grew and how just because someone may think something some way at a certain point of age doesn't mean they can't necessarily change it for the better and think. And I think that's been interesting on the social media, seeing everybody post different things of, like, him with his kids or him on a different – on the breakfast club or even his verses. I mean, aren't we glad that he got to go up and do that verses? Man, yes. You know, be, you know, before – I mean – he passed away, what, that was last, like, what, September, October or something? So, you know, he then yeah, passed. I, no, I think the Versus was, was Versus it February this year. Was it February this year? the Versus was February, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so even then, like, you know, a month and a half, two months later when, you know, he passes away and, you know, then it, and, you know, it touches a little bit of light on addiction and how addiction can kind of, yeah. you know, he got the heart attack from, a, from an overdose, it seems like, and, how fighting that through, and you just don't know those battles people are going through. But I just love the other thing was seeing the, the where he showed up at a Waffle House and mopped the floor for the workers. He showed yeah. up at the IHOP and cooked himself an omelet. He was dancing at a, a Albanian wedding. Like he just seemed like he did live a full life, yeah. and just didn't let his the things that were supposed to hold him back hold him back. And and it's kind of yeah. cool to see all that come to light. And he was his his true self, whether it be wrong, whether it be right. He was who he was, and he, you know, there's nothing. You can't be mad at somebody for saying, hey, this is who I am, and I'm going to be who it is. And if it, it makes you mad, it makes you mad. So, yeah. He was definitely one of one. Yes, that, absolutely. True. That voice, I mean, there's. it's very hard to get a voice like that. The dog barking, like you throw those <laughs> that dog barking the way he talks up on something, and everyone, about 95% of people are going to at least know, oh, okay, that's DMX. So. DMX, yeah. yeah. Mine's similar to Jake's where – didn't really get out until you got to high school and got to be around different people and different cultures and stuff. But Jake said it, the voice, and all of a sudden, like, you listen to the DMX song, you hear a barking. It's like, oh, shit, there's a dog in the video. His raspy voice and everything. And then, like, the Rough Riders was, was always cool, always riding them bikes and the, all that. So, and... It was it was it was cool to hear hear his music and hear his hear his raspy voice and all the music videos and everybody just dancing around and stuff like that. <laughs> so it was cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And I remember. Uh, and and I'll I'll end on this. Well, at least on my end. But the uh, the song "What These Women Want for Me," where he he's naming all the names. I remember having to put that song on repeat and rewind on my CD player because I wanted to get every single name correct. <laughs> like, cause, like I remember, and, and the sad part is, is like I still know it like it was yesterday, and I'm just like all these names. Yeah. So yeah, isn't it funny how you can you want to memorize stuff like that, but then when it came to certain schoolwork, you couldn't remember <laughs> what the mitochondria was or what whatever a spelling of a word on a spelling test but you could sit there and and memorize certain song and some song lyrics stick with you forever and then you can't yep. even i can't even remember how to say a certain spanish sentence or something like that that but yep. it's just wild how some of that stuff goes you sound, like my, mom. You sound like my mom coming up oh you can know this these songs <laughs> but you don't know what this is yeah. i'm like okay <laughs> The one thing I remember the most from from the other thing I remember the most is how he got uh, how he introduced the the rap community to Jin, the first Chinese rapper. Yeah. 
genuine type guy where you know yep. either you like him you hate him or whatever he's gonna tell you you know be who he is so yeah Duval, i appreciate you bringing that up because it would have slipped my mind and i would have forgot i did open with a dmx song and we'll work with what rough riders and we'll end okay. it in the podcast with it but it would have slipped my mind even to, to talk about that so i appreciate you bringing it up oh man, man no problem man no problem man that's why we try to keep the podcast diverse you know so we can have different <laughs> everyone can pick up where someone might have slipped their mind so yeah now I can tell you what you might have to do is this. Uh, I know, like around the holidays, I don't know if you've heard. Yeah, this. the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To- <laughs> a couple, a couple years. I think a couple podcasts ago, when I always do Christmas songs when we're doing those December ones, I think I did open. I remember texting Cheeks one time because you know he hates Christmas and all that good stuff. I said, "What's some songs you want to open with?" And he said, "The DMX Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer." And I did open with that, so it is a good yeah. one. It's a funny one. It is. It is pretty. Yeah, good. it is. So, it is. All right, Raspberry, any final thoughts on your end before we, we wrap it up? Uh, not really. Yeah, All right. I got really much to say. All right. Raz, I appreciate you coming on to chop it up, catch up on the sand, Darnold, talk a little NBA. That's exactly all we needed to do. You know, recipes, DMX, all that good stuff. I mean, sucks he's gone, but at least you can, you know, he got his roses on the verses. And, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, bring a little a light to everything there. But, Jeeves, anything? I'm good. Raspberry, if uh, people can find you and you want to be found on social media, where can you be found? I got my Instagram handle for a <laughs> It's uh, actually C underscore Razzle, so it's C underscore R-A-Z-Z-L-E. All right, and that's it? You don't have any Twitter or anything? Uh, not that I've used it in a while. It's like an old one I had at one point. I might have it in the bio on my Instagram ad in a minute. Okay. All right, well, Jeeves, we'll let you send it out, man. Uh, how do we end the podcast? Peace. Drop, shut them down, open up shop. Talk is cheap, motherfucker.